Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an educator for 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, and an educational consultant. Let's get started. Heather Shaw has been an educator for over 20 years in the San Juan Unified School District, where she has served as both a teacher and a vice principal. She is currently teaching English and AP language. Heather is also the mother to four boys, the youngest of whom is a senior in high school. In this episode, we discuss our diverse learner population and the importance of providing them with opportunities to showcase their learning through passion projects. Good morning, Heather. Hi. Hi. Uh, well, welcome to the uh, podcast. Uh, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm <laughs> doing great, great. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, you know, Heather, I know that we've started chatting already, but before we resume our conversation, if you wouldn't mind, you know, just sharing with the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Sure, sure. My name is Heather Shaw. I have been in education for... Uh, 20 plus years at this point, including um, having been a vice principal in the only district I've taught in um, for five years. I went back to the classroom because it was just getting to me and I miss my kids. Um, I have uh, four of my own boys with my last one being a senior this year. So um, from the high school perspective, I have been through it all. and uh, I teach high school English at all grade levels, 9 through 12 at all um, ability levels. So this year, one of my seniors is um, 100% uh, vision impaired. And, um, and then I also teach AP uh, language. So uh, everything from, you know, working with uh, kids with independent living skills, uh, all the way through those kids taking those advanced placement classes. All right, wonderful. So a wide spectrum, huh? Yeah, very. Nice. Um, so, you know, it, it sounds like you would be a perfect uh, a person to have a conversation with this. Um, you know, can you tell me a little bit about maybe some of the work that you um, or, or someone that you know who are doing really to try to change the narrative around education um, for some of our most disenfranchised or uh, marginalized populations? Absolutely. So I always think that one of the things that keeps those who um, are disenfranchised or marginalized um, to those outskirts is that we don't take the opportunity to figure out what it is they already know or what it is that they are passionate about or what it is they want to know. So there is um, a small group of us um, out here in California who uh, teach a specific curriculum that involves things like everyday heroes and community activism. And while there are a few class whole readings or things that we do in a commonality, um, those two units specifically are self 
student driven and they're about what are you passionate about? What is your passion project? Who do you look up to? Why and how can you emulate them? What is important to those students? And I think that it's really um, the turning the focus on those students brings them uh, validity and allows them uh, to feel like they are really part of a bigger whole. Very nice. Uh, so you call you said it was called Hometown Heroes. Um, Everyday Heroes. Uh, yeah, Everyday. we have a unit called Everyday Heroes, and it's it's about you know like kind of something I think we're focused on right now, which which is who are those everyday heroes, not just those superheroes, but those those people who make a difference in other people's lives on a daily basis. No, absolutely, it is a. A rough time. I know you and I were just talking about our own children being seniors and, uh, you know, struggling with their entire world being disrupted. Um, and so can you share with me um, just maybe a, a highlight of maybe something that some of your students have done, maybe how they have showcased, you know, their talents and being everyday heroes or in some other way? Um, absolutely. So in this unit, they do a lot of um, soul searching. And looking at those um, people who are really important. And so we talk to them about the qualities of altruistic people, everyday acts of leadership, love and laughter. And so they showcase those kinds of things. Where have they been leaders that they haven't realized that they were leaders, whether it was um, in their, well, outside of the school specifically, um, but what are their passions? So I have had students, um, the disenfranchised ones, um, specifically tend at my site and those that I've dealt with to be the artists, just the true lovers of music or, um, you know, drawing talent. Like, you know, I have such a hard time even imagining because I can't possibly do it. So I've had students create manga about what is their their passion is the manga itself. And so just telling their own story through comic or through uh, art. I've had others whose passion has been cooking. So when it comes time for that big piece, they have um, brought in just feasts from their cultures or feasts from, you know, those things that they have found to be important to them as their final projects for those of us who are, you know, learning about them. Very nice. So what, what I'm hearing, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was to say, we then roll into the community activism. So oftentimes those who cook um, will perhaps help serve homeless or go out um, like uh, to the, the elderly in the community. So we kind of roll the everyday superhero into the community activism. Very, very. I'm, I'm, I'm just astounded. So what, what I'm hearing from you is that you have these students who, you know, are, are grouped into this, like, essentially classes for life skills, students who we would assume, you know, are not going to be, you know, producing very much. And yet, when you simply speak to them, and you listen to what their passions are, you know, all of these things come out, they're artists, um, you know, they're cooks, and not only are they doing that work, but they're also then taking that into the community and using their talents and those passions to to better the community. A hundred percent. And I do that at all my levels. I do those two units to the best of my ability at all of the levels that I teach, because I think that 
there's disenfranchised students at every ability, right? It, it doesn't matter what their ability is. There's those who just do not feel like they are part of what is happening. And for me, bringing both of those units into all of my classes really helps all of them become a more cohesive unit. That's amazing, Heather. I think that it sounds like you're doing some some awesome work. Um, I know earlier you told me that doing some of this work, you felt, you know, a little isolated. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? So I teach um, here in Sacramento, California at a school that is very much, although our schedule is a block schedule, the teachers, the teaching, the thought process is very traditional. So when I try to step outside of the traditional and um, not teach classical literature or not have desks in my classroom, but rather tables, um, I get a lot of pushback from others in my department, from others just around who don't understand, you know, I remember I went to tables years ago um, because I was like, these kids need to be collaborating. They need to be hearing one another. They need to be working together. And I just can remember the fights and conversations about, um, you know, uh, classroom management and how do I hold on to this and what's happening. And, um, and even still, you know, I think I've had my tables five or six years now, which is much longer than flexible seating was really a big thing. Um, and still I'm the only person in the department of 15 that has tables. Wow. And, and from so, what I'm hearing is that it's working out, right? Oh yes. My, the kids love to come into my room. I have, um, obviously we set rules right away, uh, but I don't do a lot of testing uh, as an English teacher, our final projects, if we're going to do big things like an AP or honors, they tend to be writing projects. So it's, I understand from maybe a math perspective or some other perspectives at the high school level where they don't want to put up little cardboard boxes around them, that this isn't maybe as functional, but I, you know, I'm still one of those people who's like, well, let's move your desks into groups when it's time to do that kind of thing. And, you know, they just, there's a lot of pushback. It's about, you know, rows and sitting in your desk appropriately and, and doing the work. It's, it's not about enjoying the work. It's about doing the work. Hmm. Uh, Heather, do you, do you have any ideas as to why there's so much opposition and pushback? I mean, obviously you've been doing this for years. It's been working. I'm sure that some of your colleagues have seen that and yet there still seems to be this opposition. Do you have any insight as to why that might be? So um, one is that it's a little bit of an older staff. And so we're, we're coming up on some retirings and I'm hoping that as we get some younger student, younger teachers in um, that maybe, you know, some of that is, but we do have some younger ones and I think it's, they view it as a classroom management problem and as a, um, you know, how can they work independently if they're sitting in this group? And, you know, we've so much in education gone away from this concept of total independence to the fact that we do this kind of thing that you and I are doing. We collaborate, we talk, we 
we have our own critical thoughts and then we share them because how can you get good feedback if you are the only person thinking and doing and you can't, you become very isolated, you live in your bubble. And so, you know, when I went through school and, you know, I'm close to 50, it was all about that. It was all about do your own thing, think your own way, do this. But, you know, there's been that shift in society and that shift in education or there should have been a shift in education because there was a shift in society about the idea that, you know, being on your own in your own little cubicle on your own little Island, isn't, it's not the way that it works. It doesn't work well that way. You become, you know, so isolated and so into your own thinking that you are afraid to hear what other people have to say. And I think that a lot of our teachers, because, there's chatter going on in the classrooms or because there's, it's not quiet that they feel like they don't have control of the room versus Mm -hmm. being a part of the room. Mm, I like that. The, you know, having control over being part of, and I think you're absolutely right. So many teachers, uh, and I'll use the phrase traditional, um, you know, expect that right to, to have just absolute control over their classrooms. Um, but you mentioned that there are groups of teachers out there who are pushing that envelope and trying to do things differently. As you mentioned, you know, we are, are collaborators. Um, we do this on this podcast, obviously, as, as well as on Twitter and Voxer and everywhere else. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely think there needs to be a shift. And so with that in mind, Heather, if you were to try to give a tip to somebody, maybe there's somebody out there listening who says, look, I'm in the same boat. You know, I, I want to try to highlight the great works that my students are doing, um, but I don't know how. What would you recommend? Um, get on Twitter if you're not. <laughs> I think that by far one of the things that has brought me forward in my physical community has been the support I have received on Twitter um, and then how we met through Boxer. Um, I think that getting that boost, even if it's not from the people you're seeing on a daily basis, helps you step forward in your physical situation. And then I say, just do it. I will oftentimes email my administration and say, hey, we're doing this. Come by, come see it. And they do. And then that gets out there. Uh, We have a daily TV broadcast because we're a a pretty good size high school. And um, I will sometimes email down there and be like, we're doing this project in here today. You know, do you guys want to come record? And they will. Put yourself out there. You cannot model for your students and you cannot model for the other teachers what this looks like or how important it is if you are not willing to do the work yourself. Very nice. I I like that. Uh, You know, I I always talk about the hypocrisy, right? Where we expect certain things from our students and yet as educators, we don't do that. And so, yeah, obviously, you know, put yourself out there, open yourself up to feedback, you know, and and just, I I love what you're saying here, Heather. Um, So clearly you are, you know, a visionary, somebody who wants to change things. So Heather, if I were to ask you, what would be, you know, some components of your ideal, you know, educational world, what would you, what would be some of those things? I would 
in my ideal educational world, there would be more partnerships with the community. Kids would, at the age that I teach, again, I teach high school, they would not be coming to my classroom every day. They would be coming to my classroom to look at what does community activism look like. And then they would be allowed that freedom during my class time to go implement that community activism. They would have that ability to make those connections and to actually become a part of what is happening right now. While my kids are fabulous and they do it, they have to do it on their own time. I can't excuse them from class, but in an ideal educational world, there would be these partnerships and there would be this freedom and it's not that we wouldn't be holding them accountable. It's that we wouldn't have to hold them accountable because they would want to be there to share with us and they would want to be out doing whatever it is that their passion was. Very nice. And I mean, obviously, you were, you know, you touched on some of that earlier. Um, you know, I, I know I have a bunch of students who are, you know, into the uh, the manga and the, uh, you know, all, all that anime and all of those things. So they're, they're really trying to get me into it. And, you know, it, it's... I think amazing what can come out of this once we allow students to pursue those passions and when we create environments that allow those things to happen. So, Could you imagine our kids who are into anime and the kids who are into manga collaborating where you have the ability to tell the story? You've got some of them being artists, some of them being producers, some of them being directors. You've got those who are learning the animation piece on the computer and they're doing that as a team out with a group of professionals who are already in that business. And then they're bringing that back to you. And they're saying, this is what we've been doing. This is what you've, you know, because we want to be so proud of them. I mean, we're proud of all of them anyway, but when they're proud of themselves, it makes us, it, you, they shine. And that's what this is all about. And in my opinion, this is all about making them feel like they are part of something and that they're capable of doing something and that, when they do something worth acknowledgement, that there is somebody who is proud of them that is there acknowledging it. You know, and, and I think that's what this is all about, that they are capable and that they are worth it. And I, I, I think if I'm, I'm going to pull something out that is absolutely the cornerstone of what we're trying to do with this podcast is that we have students who are capable and they're worth it. So, um, you know, Heather, I, I want to open it up just for any last you know, thoughts that you may have on this subject, or if you want to do some shout outs to some of your students and just, you know, highlighting, you know, them for any of those work that you had referenced earlier. So um, I have a student who's graduated. He did a mural on my back wall. His name is Anthony and my back wall has the Avengers. It has Star Wars. It has uh, Disney in the middle. He painted this entire mural on my back wall as part of his project for me. And it was just an incredible piece that he's left for other students as well as for me on a daily basis that he got showcased on our local um, news channel. He just did amazing. But honestly, so there's my shout out for him. The one thing that if I could leave everybody with, it's simply to care. Take a moment, reach out, make sure that everyone has what they need, that you're an ear when you they need someone to vent to, that you let both your students and those other teachers know that, you know, the first step in all of this is that there is someone there to support them. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Heather. I do appreciate it. 
Um, you know, Heather, before we close out, if you could do me a favor, if somebody wanted to follow you and or get in touch with you, maybe see that picture that Anthony created, because I know I would love to see that now. Um, could you share with our listeners, you know, some of the contact information, um, you know, your Twitter handle or any, any other of your social media? Sure, sure, sure. So I'm on Twitter at um, Ms. Shaw27. It's M S S H A W27, or on Instagram at, at Shaw's Chaos, S H A W S C H A O S. And you can um, private message me in any of those places, or I'm pretty sure I have some of Anthony's work up there. I need to take a few more pictures when we get back, but he comes in still to touch up and do what he's doing. But, um, those are the two places to find me educationally. All right, Heather, again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being an amazing educator. And thank you even more so for helping to change the story surrounding education. I do appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the CN Podcast and the host at underscore CW Consulting. Take care.